but they they a matchmaker connects them, but they realize they're competing deli owners. So and then randomly Lisa Loeb is in this, and I just want her to be it's so nonsensical. But she just comes in as Lisa Loeb yeah. and is like, I'm here because she's a fun little Jewish mama who sings cute little songs to kids. Le- I want Lisa Loeb to be coming and be like, is the pastrami good? Right. And they're like, Lisa Loeb. And yeah. she's like, you say. Love it. That's what I, I love want it. to have it. Do Thank a little you. more. Do a little no. more. We'll isolate <laughs> yeah. it. Hello and welcome to number 478 of the podcast. I'm one of your host, Knox McCoy. And I'm your other host, Jamie Golden. The podcast is a show dedicated to the life of idiocy, and we're committed to educating you on things that entertain but do not matter. To find out more about these simplistic but satisfactory pursuits, check us out at knoxandjamie.com. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook at the podcast, and we're on Twitter at PodcastPod. Thanks for joining us this week as we are going to be talking Hallmark movies. But before we do that, you guys have two things, two big things. First... We are currently hiring a chief details officer. The PMG chief details officer will act as the administrative guru across all facets of the company. The primary goals in this behind the scenes role are to handle the minutia, keep task organized, triage communication, and generally, it's weird that I mispronounced communication. No, that's no? that's their job. Good. Tell that's us. Job. Hey, you mispronounced communication. <laughs> Fix it. Here's how you do it. Here's the phonetics. Here's the language of origin. Stuff like right. that. That's what they're going to do. That's right. That's right. Chief de- the chief details officer will run a I can't. Why am I? Why do we need this? We need it, guys. Somebody apply, okay? We need someone to generally run uh, our loose ship and make it tight. Is that right? Anyway, pop don't culture. love either of those words. To be really honest with you, <laughs> okay. The pop pop culture paragons like that we're modeling this after is a combination of Dolores Landingham, Samwise Gamgee, Sue Wilson, and Joan Holloway. If you are like that, is those four people are me? Then mm. you are possibly the right. Fit. You should also be efficient, detail-oriented, organized, and reliable. We are accepting applications for this position until 5 p.m. Central on Friday, November 4th. That's it. If you turn it in at 5.01, you're not the right person for this job. So mm-hmm. learn more or start the process of joining our team at knoxandjamie.com slash jobs. Second, we are also in the middle of our listener survey. Maybe you can't work for us. Or you don't want to work for us, but maybe you want to judge us. Well, almost 4,000 of you have already done so on our listener survey, and we would love it to be more than 5,000 of you. This survey takes less than five minutes and gives us a huge insight on what you love, what you love less, and who you are in general. Bonus, if you leave your email at the end of the survey, you'll be entered to win one of 22 $20 gift cards to Amazon. Simply click the link in the show notes or go to knoxandjamie.com slash survey. And finally, it's my birthday week. And on November 8th, I will be wearing a Prussian military costume to attend our BFOTS AUA dressed as such. So if you're a BFOT or you want to be a BFOT, Make sure you do so by Tuesday so you can be in for all the Jungle Cruise fun. Don't miss out. It's going to be a lot. (laughs) It's going to be a lot of something. I'm so sad. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. 
Bombas, absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. All right, Jamie, uh, let's talk about the, the let's talk about these freaking Hallmark movies. I'm so excited let's to talk go. about something I um I, I guess we did an episode about a couple years ago. I've been paying for the Hallmark channel ever since. I can't figure out how to not pay for it. <laughs> I've tried everything, and I'm just going to give them $5 until the day I die. Uh, right, but right. beyond that, I feel like they are such a, such an institution of our culture, and oh, I think yeah. it's such an important uh, conversation to have. I have a lot of friends who freaking love Hallmark movies. I have a friend that works at Hallmark, and they freaking love the Hallmark movies. And so it feels iconic, Like, but I, I don't always feel like I've been a part. I've probably watched a total of maybe 10 Hallmark movies, and yeah. they've made more than 300 Christmas, wow. just Christmas movies. So I've only watched about 10 of them. And I would say of the 10, three were good. And then the seven were also movies. So, <laughs> sure. uh, so I, but I get, I get it. And I think it's important to talk about because like, like you, I'm not a really a Hallmark enthusiast. I watched them in advance of our episode a couple of years ago. Uh, I've watched them in advance of this episode just so I have a handle on them. But I think in a lot of ways, you know, there's some, I don't want to call them blind spots of the show, but there's just some things we don't have time to talk about or we don't have an audience consensus to talk about. I don't think either of us would pick to talk about Hallmark movies, but it's such a formidable part of pop culture that it feels yeah. necessary to talk about uh, Hallmark movies. And I think even as we record this, we've already begun the decision into madness with Hallmark because it, it's uh it's freaking October like we're freaking recording on Halloween and they've already started their countdown to Christmas movie parade where they're gonna do forty total movies in the lead of Christmas some not even on the Christmas movie channel I don't even know if that's what you call it but it's like there's gonna be thirty one on one part and then there's a mysteries channel which I didn't know about that yeah. was news to me there's yeah. gonna be Christmas movies on that one and I think just it's just important because. I, th- I think white people, especially like white evangelicals have been jealous of Jewish people and like they get to like drag out Christmas a little bit. Yeah. And I think white people are like, we've got 31 chaste softcore stories to go with <laughs> our grumblings about people saying happy holidays in fr- instead of Merry Christmas. It's a big well, deal for us. Well, to be fair, it's 30 because one of them is about Hanukkah. Okay. So uh, we're going to get into specifics here. We're going to kind of diagram how we moves and help people get a better understanding of them. But I just wanted to like do a do it like a like a like a tone check or like a baseline check with you when sure. you hear the word like the phrase hallmark movies what do you what words or phrases are you thinking of listen ironically my first thought is the yiddish word schmaltz mm-hmm. i i always think because listen yiddish being my go-to is probably unusual since again most uh hallmark christmas movies do not <laughs> feature jewish characters no they have had love lights and hanukkah eight gifts of hanukkah and Hanukkah on Rye. I like that they have to put Hanukkah in the title because yep. they don't want you to get tricked and yep. be like, what are these candles they're lighting? Like, what's happening? I don't want to spoil it, but when there's an Asian-centric story, they have to put Golden Dragon in it. And it's like, you guys, <laughs> you don't have to. You don't have Crazy. to. Crazy. So, but schmaltz means, well, it means clarified chicken or goose fat. 
Mm. That's the first thing. But it also means excessive sentimentality and art. And so I think bo- actually both of those, the goose fat and the sentimentality, yeah. both apply here. It's yep. just too good. It's too pure. It's too sweet. There's not conflict. There's not even sadness. Like the, the Christmas movie launched with a movie that now would no longer air on Hallmark movies because it was about war. Mm-hmm. Like, so the first Hallmark Christmas movie, they would not even include now because they're like, oh no, we don't talk about sad things. No sad things. That, that's a, it, it's similar. I think schmaltz is a perfect word because uh, I had uh, the phrase feelings erotica, you know, <laughs> because I, I, it just, it feels like a, a, a porno, but the only penetration is uh, feelings through your heart, you know? Right. Because that's what, and I think that's what you're serving up. You're serving up just a heaping pile of raw, hardcore feelings. Gosh. And that's what you're getting. I didn't know this. this episode would be have well, so much innuendo, but now honestly, I know. And now you know what, I can no, you know what it is? I saw you on the on the brink of being disgusted, and I was like, well, I have to try to push her. That, that's, okay. that's the fun of recording I like live. It. I like that your default is, she says I'm comfortable. Let's see if we can make it work. I know. I didn't even plan to go there, but it just felt like a fun <laughs> exhibition to have. But I think it's the um, it's that necessity of feelings and niceness and general inoffensiveness. Sure. And even though I've seen probably insurance commercials, like with more plot lines and depth of story, this does serve a purpose. It, it reminds me of, because I think it's easy to dump on these. And I know I've dumped on these and I, I don't prefer these movies, but I think it serves a purpose and it serves it a does, very specific yeah. purpose. And I think in the sim- same way of like a like buffet food is purposeful for that buffet it's not going to be high quality. You're not going to be seeing this on like competition shows, but it does satiate people for what they're wanting. I think similarly, I'm not saying Hallmark movies are buffet food of, of no. cinema, but I'm not, not saying that either. Well, listen, in the last Hallmark episode we did, I, I explained that I thought Hallmark are the Taco Bell of TV. Oh, okay. Sometimes you want your favorite recipe that's been sent down through six generations. Yeah. That's the office on Netflix, right? right? Sometimes you want a steak from a Michelin five-star restaurant. That is the last Oscar winner for best picture. And then sometimes you just want a Mexican pizza and you want Gretchen Wieners to go to Graceland and find love in a movie called, are you lonesome the night before Christmas? (laughs) (laughs) You're you're not wrong. As someone who told you guys that uh, my youngest daughter wanted to eat Popeye's in a parking lot with me for Friday night. That's what she wanted to spend time with me doing. It was perfect. And it was wonderful. And I think sometimes Hallmark I was occupying that space too. By the way, that's the only daddy-daughter date I will allow. It wasn't even a date. It's just, it doesn't have to be a date, y'all. You can just spend time with your kids. It doesn't have to be called something. <laughs> you it don't have to give anyone time. a corsage because, hey, that's really super weird. that you. There was no proposal. There was no ring. <laughs> there was no kissing. It was just eating Popeyes. And you know what I like about Popeyes, by the way? Not an ad, but I got to the, I pulled up to place the order and they said, hey, uh, what can I get you? We don't have nuggets. And they just said. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, we would be honored to be advertising for Popeyes. We freaking oh love Popeyes. Are you kidding? I would be I've never I would never be starstruck at most things. I'd be starstruck at Popeyes. No, I would. I would be like, show. can you believe yeah. this happened? Amazing. Well, okay, so let's that's kind of what we feel. Jamie, do you want to like lay down like the historical context of Hallmark movies? Okay, so you've probably heard of Hallmark, even if you've never watched a Hallmark movie, because they, you know, make cards for like a hundred years, right? It was founded by the Hall brothers, who also maybe invented modern day wrapping paper. So congratulations. <laughs> uh they have been actually making TV since the 50s, and in the 90s, there was a cable network known as the Faith and Values Channel, which I would argue is still a better name than like Peacock, right? Yeah, I think now, so. That channel was rebranded to Odyssey. Odyssey was then invested in by Hallmark and the Jim Henson Company. And in 2001, Odyssey was officially rebranded 
as the Hallmark Channel. It has a sister network that not mentioned called the Hallmark Movies and Mysteries, right? Fun fact, Hallmark also owns Crayola. Like, all the markers and what? crayons. I didn't yes, know that. they own Crayola. So Hallmark will have, as we mentioned before, there'll be 40 holiday-themed movies this year. There, This will be the first year we get a Kwanzaa celebration that is badly named. We'll get to that. And the first movie with a lead LGBTQ couple. Also badly named. Right. Okay, yeah. we'll get to that. So Hallmark models all of their movies, kind of similar plots, sets, and characters. And they're meant to, like an executive said, they're meant to feel like movie versions of Hallmark Christmas cards. Mm-hmm. And they're lighthearted. They're rated G. A former uh, Hallmark exec said, um, I don't always think predictable is a bad word. I think of every Nora Ephron comedy I ever watched. The first time I saw Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan on screen, I knew they were going to end up together. But it was the journey. It's about how they end up together. And so the budgets, just for comparison, budgets of most Hallmark movies are about $2 million for comparison. A similar movie vibe was the Downton Abbey movie that came out earlier this year. Its mm. budget was $40 million, Okay, Whoa. So Hallmark movies take about two to three weeks to shoot. The Downton Abbey movie took 12 weeks to shoot. Two to three weeks is not a lot of time for a, something it, that looks like a movie. It is It is not a lot of time. So you can watch You can watch on cable. You can watch like Knox has or has not for the last few years on mm-hmm. Hallmark Movies Now, yep. which is $6 a month. You can get a seven-day trial. And then you can watch. They have made it easier since we last did this episode. You can now watch on any of the uh, like cable versions of streaming. YouTube yep. TV, Sling, Philo and Fubo. Don't just don't do the app. I'm just telling you, you'll never get rid of it. It's, it's herpes. You'll never get rid of it. You'll, you'll be stuck with it forever. Yeah, I think uh, the predictable is not a bad word. I think you're exactly right because I think this goes back to, and I feel like this is kind of an ongoing conversation we've had is like, what is the thing we're evaluating? What is it trying to do? And it's important to evaluate it in that context because if it's trying to be there will be blood, you take a certain eye to it. If it's just trying to be a movie version of a greeting card. Well, then I'm not going to put a critical lens yeah, on it. You know, exactly. I'm going to be a little, you know, we're going to have fun with it and make fun of it a little bit. But I do think there is, um, it's the rare uh, situation where someone knows exactly what they're doing and what they're trying to accomplish. And they're accomplishing it pretty well. Yeah. Uh, and, I, and I think, you know, um, if we're talking about like, not only like what are Hallmark movies, but why are they a thing? Like, why are they successful? Why are so many people resonating with it? Because something existing is one thing, but it resonating on such a big level, which I think it's doing, that's another thing altogether. And I think part of it is there's, uh, it seems like generally there's a, a genre blindness to just straight up like romance stories. And I yeah. don't mean like Fabio with like a shirt unbuttoned down to his waist, you know, with long hair right. and like wanting to do sexy stuff. I'm just talking about like just stories about love, not even yeah. rom-coms either. Like it doesn't have to be funny. It's just straight up romance stories. I think there's some reticence. Um, and if you want to assign that to the people making decisions and it mostly be masculine, I'm not going to stop you. I think that's probably a, a pretty accurate thing to do. But I think in, in publishing, we're seeing that like with the Colleen Hoover books that are, that are doing really well. But I think Hallmark movies are, are accomplishing this as well. And I think, they're keeping the stories pretty innocent, pretty chaste, and, and they're doing it in a way that it doesn't hit any of the traditional cultural tripwires like sex or bad language or politics or larger cultural commentary. It's very inoffensive. And I think for a lot of people, they're like, I would like something that's just really inoffensive right now. Yeah. Like, I don't want to, I don't want my kid to walk in accidentally and see an areola. Like, yeah. it'd be great if that, and I don't think I've ever seen Candace Cameron Bray's areola. You know no, what I no, mean? Yet. 
you know, I'm not going to put any any boundaries on her. I'm just saying yet. Right, right. But like last night, we were starting White Lotus and White Lotus season two. I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen here. I already saw Theo James is the tip of his dingle donger. So I don't <gasps> no! know what's going to happen here. Okay. <laughs> oh, no. So I heard like, because I've got veteran parent ears, right. I heard a footstep on the stairs, pause, return, return, YouTube lie. I'm watching the Packers bills all of a sudden. So my son's none the wiser. Okay. Because I don't know what Mike White's going to do on that show. But right. if I'm watching a Hallmark movie, I don't have to worry about the tip of somebody's pee pee. I just know we're all chill here, right? No, because they've edited those out for sure. If they of course. Yes, yes, of course right. they are. And listen, if you're asking yourself, are these successful? Guys, listen to me. According to Nielsen, during the Christmas season, 80 million people watch at least a few minutes of a Hallmark movie. In the fourth quarter, Hallmark will be the number one network among women 18 to 49. And if you want to know the sweet spot for advertisers, it's women 18 to 49. Like, and the fact that you can, an advertiser can go to one place and advertise to all those women at once, like what a, 80 million? That's a lot. By the way, according to Adweek, uh, ha- Christmas programming at Hallmark accounts for one third of their annual ad revenue. All of Hallmark, not all of Hallmark, Jeez. like the, the entirety of Hallmark. It owns Crayola, and it's still like these movies make more than those sixty-four crayons, and they'll make three hundred and fifty to five hundred million in ad revenue. And if you just paid eighty million to make these movies, that's a pretty good return. That's good margins. That is good. B- margins. By the way, I looked up networks in twenty twenty one most watched networks. Did you know that more people watch Hallmark Channel than CNN? Uh, I, I didn't, but I believe it. I believe, I believe it. it more than the Food Network, more than TBS. Like it is, it's a it's a top ten network. More people watch the Hallmark Channel than HBO. Guys, guys, yeah. And I know it dominates more of the cultural conversation, but I think it's always good to to uh, put down a reality of like actually this is where most people are spending their time. It's always very uh, humbling for me to be like we spend our time talking about X Y Z show, right? And meanwhile, Big Bang Theory is just putting up freaking numbers okay they just are that's just it's what it is jan's talking about it in all her text threads she is we all know that and i think the yeah. biggest marker that it's successful is now there's competition because we won't really get into like the the nitty-gritty of like the hallmark channel and the competition or whatever but um there's a great american family channel now which is where kansas oh, Bray defected to that's right we'll get so, to that yeah. okay so we will we will talk about that a little bit uh-huh. but i think um and I, I don't think it's just a, a romance genre necessarily or like light romance it's it's not just them doing this weird thing. Comic book movies, faith-based movies, they're doing the same thing. It's just in a more culturally acceptable way. Like when you're throwing red meat to the base of your fans, you're not challenging them. You're not innovating. You are just capitalizing on a proven track record of a kind of genre, a story type or actress or actor or whatever. Homework's doing that, but all these other genres are doing it just as well. And they're also doing it very successfully. So I think that's why there is some uh, merit to the strategy here. For sure. All right, picture this. It's finally getting warmer and you're picking up the after work run or a workout, but it's 4 p.m. and you're ready for a little snack to keep you going. What you want is something with clean, wholesome ingredients, but it's hard to find a snack that is great on the go and also fills you up enough to make a difference. Get ready to find out how good healthy snacks can taste with Chomps. We're big fans of Chomps at my house because not only is it so easy and convenient, but it's made with natural ingredients that taste great. Whether I'm prepping for recordings or taking one of the kids to one of their many end-of-year activities, I always have a Chomp stick with me. They're also allergy-friendly, so I never have to worry about one of the kids deciding they want to take it with them. Chomp sticks come in 10 delicious, bold flavors, so there's a healthy snack option for everyone 
or grab a variety pack to satisfy your whole family's taste buds. There are even smaller Chomplings for a quick snack for any kids in your life. Right now, Chomps is offering our listeners 20% off your first order and free shipping when you go to chomps.com slash popcast. Go to chomps.com slash popcast to see all the delicious flavors and get 20% off your first order and free shipping. That's C-H-O-M-P-S dot com slash popcast. Don't forget to use our link so they know we sent you. This episode is brought to you by our amazing sponsor, Aura Frames. It's Knox here with your annual reminder that Mother's Day is just around the corner this year. Let's think outside the box a little bit, guys. Forget sweaters, candles, or the dreaded bathrobe. They're also predictable and boring. That's why this year I'm recommending you get an Aura Frame. It's the perfect gift to mix things up and give a gift that shows some real thoughtfulness and is guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. We actually have one of these in our house right now, and we absolutely love it. It only takes about two minutes to set up, and it was super easy. Between all the kids, I was a little worried we'd run out of room, but it has free unlimited storage for photos and videos, and you can invite as many people as you want to contribute to the frame. Now that the kids are a little older, we've added them as contributors to the frame, and it's been really fun to see a few of their photos pop up from events they attend without us. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting auraframes.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's Aura, A-U-R-A, frames.com. Use code POPCAST at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big, small ones, whether it's the stress that comes with planning a big event, having to redo the electrical in your entire house unexpectedly, or simply having to go on a picnic lunch when you'd rather be home pantless watching your favorite show. Stress is truly a universal experience that if left unchecked can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space where you can get things off your chest and work through anything that's weighing you down big or small. I've truly noticed such a difference in my stress level since I started therapy years ago, making it a priority and a consistent part of my routine has allowed me to relieve my stress in a very safe environment instead of bottling it all. As someone who has a hard time sitting in my feelings, it's given me the habit of reflection so I can identify and deal with stressors early on before they overwhelm me. BetterHelp is a convenient, flexible, and entirely online, making it easy to stay consistent. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash popcastpod today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash popcastpod. So the weather's getting warmer, and I'm so excited to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters, and hello to dresses and tees. I'm so glad that I found Quince, because not only can I update my wardrobe for the long haul, but I can do it without spending a fortune. Even penthouse Jamie, she's trying to save her cash dollars in this economy. Y'all know how I value quality, and I want to find timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. Now, Quince has just restocked their $40 linen wide leg pant, which I am super bummed to try. They have such a nice drape to them and they're 100% linen, which means they'll be super breathable and I'll feel like I'm wearing no pants at all, which is my preference. I'm also loving the look of the organic cotton gauze roll sleeve shirt, which is also $40. Guys, true story. Like they have great pieces. I am obsessed with the cardigan I have and the sunglasses I have. The Leon sunglasses are dope. Their prices truly cannot be beat. All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands because they partner directly with top factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics. They cut out the cost of the middleman and pass that savings on to us. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pop for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's com slash pop to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash pop. 
Um, okay, Jamie, I, you know, something I want to do, if you're okay with it, I wanted to go through this year's list of movies, the countdown yes. to Christmas, right. because luckily the Hallmark channel, it's very, uh, web literate and it's very helpful in getting to see like, who's in this, what's this about the slug line? When does it air and everything? So if you're interested in Hallmark movies, uh, we'll include a link in the show notes to where you can access this and maybe fill out your calendar or whatever. Um, but I want to talk to you about like some superlatives of the movies. Yes. So, uh, when you were looking through did you see uh, of the movies, like what was your favorite leading man or woman project that you saw? Okay. So it is from the movie, the most colorful time of the year. I asked Aaron prior to recording, I was like, can you give me three guesses on what you think this movie is about? Aaron, would you like to relay what your three guesses were? Well, I knew I was working from the Hallmark channel. So my first guess was, this is a story about people of color. Okay. Right. And then okay. I explained. Because I her, assumed they had one. Right. And I explained to her, they actually have more than one. Oh, good. Like, yeah. kudos yeah. to them. Yeah. But I explained to her that that movie that celebrates Kwanzaa is called uh, Holiday Heritage. Right. And right. Aaron then dropped her mouth in Stunned silence. And that is how we know that nobody at the Hallmark Channel is in the South. That's right. You're 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 a hundred percent right because the only thing that would have been worth it is called heritage, not hate at the holidays. <laughs> and be like, God. you guys, you what guys. are we doing? Okay, then what Aaron, what was your second guess? Then I thought also working f- with the knowledge of it being the Hallmark Channel, I thought it was perhaps an LGBTQ version uh, like a rainbow adjacent thing. Yeah, that's, right, that's right. What I and, think. They, and they are having the first movie with leads, Aaron Samuels playing in the lead. I love uh, that. having a gay couple. I'm so excited. That's so great. That movie is called The Holiday Sitter. Oh, no. <laughs> also not great, you guys. Also not great. And then, Aaron, what was your third guess? Do you remember? Uh, I think I thought... She gave up on cultural, like, yep. influence. Yeah, I burned twice. <laughs> I can't actually remember what it my... was. You said a color run. Oh, then they were going to do a color run. <laughs> really scraping the barrel, right? <laughs> okay, so, and actually, for everybody uh, listening, it stars Katrina Bowden, who was Suri from 30 Rock, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then Christopher Russell, who is starring... He is a official Hallmark hottie. He's in his 15th Hallmark film. He's hot. He's very hot. Christopher Russell looks like if somebody gave gave Chip Gaines the sexy super serum oh, and like he yes. drank the whole dose. That's exactly, you know what I mean? That's, that's exactly right. Exactly. So here is the premise of the most colorful time of the year. Ryan is an elementary school teacher who learns that he is colorblind. <laughs> Aaron, if we'd given you 10,000 guesses, would you have ever I, landed? I don't know if I got to land in that, honestly. Why is he 39 and he's just figuring out he's colorblind? Well, don't worry. Uh, Sari is an optometrist and mother of one of his students. She's not. She, there's yes. no way she's an optometrist. <laughs> and she helps bring color into his life in time for the holidays. <laughs> Does she give him those glasses? <laughs> she better give him those glasses. Yeah, she better. God. Oh, my God. Okay, it's so Doc, so what is your favorite leading man or woman? In okay, this, I liked, uh, uh, I, I wanted to see, I, I like seeing uh, Jody Sweeten back in the building. You know, Let's I like go. seeing her in the mix. I like, I feel like CCB gets all the love, all the adulation, but I feel like Stephanie. Stephanie from Full House, she's she can amazing. do some things too. That's so right. she's in uh, a movie called A Cozy Christmas Inn. Terrible name, but she's a real estate exec. She travels to Alaska during Christmas time to acquire a bed and breakfast, which I feel like you can do that online or digitally. I feel like if the pandemic taught us anything, <laughs> you know, uh, the the digital signing can, can work there. Uh, but it says that she discovers it's owned by her ex. And while she's there, she finds that she's fallen in love, in love with the town, Jamie. And you know who else? Who? Also her ex. Also her ex. <laughs> I love it so much. Well, I'm all over this. Listen, can I tell you, Brett White, who writes The Decider, he, who I really like his taste and stuff, He they do a series where they're like, stream it or skip it. And at the mm-hmm. end of this review, he was like, listen, 
We're so very early in the holiday movie season, but a cozy Christmas inn is the one to beat. Jody, okay, let's go. That's what I'm talking about. Okay, okay, so what is uh uh did you have a favorite like random supporting character like peripheral character in the mix? Okay, I did, and it is the movie featuring uh our uh, Jewish friends and neighbors. Okay, Hanukkah on Rye. Okay, and it stars. I made it, <laughs> I made Aaron look and see who it stars, and let me tell you, a devastation came over her because here's the thing. Once you come, once you head over to the Hallmark movies, yeah. this is your destiny yeah. for the most part, right? Mm-hmm. And so for her to see Broadway icon and star Jeremy Jordan starring in this, Ooh. it was hard for her. Oh, <laughs> brutal! <laughs> yeah. But it also, but the real winner in this is Lisa Loeb. Listen. Yeah. So this story is about uh, Molly and Jacob. Uh, Molly is played by... Yow. It is Yow. <laughs> <laughs> Petra. <laughs> It's Petra from... But her name is Yael. I know, her name is Yael, but she's Petra from Jane the Virgin, if you know, you know. Uh, but they, they a matchmaker connects them, but they realize they're competing deli owners. <laughs> Look, that is my favorite phrase I read, Jamie. Competing rival deli owners? Oscar! Oscar! So, and then, randomly, Lisa Loeb is in this, and I just want her to be... It's so nonsensical... But she just comes in as Lisa Loeb yeah. and is like, I'm here because she's a fun little Jewish mama who sings cute little songs to kids. Le- I want Lisa Loeb to be coming and be like, is the pastrami good? Right. And they're like, Lisa Loeb. And yeah. she's like, you say. Love it. That's what I, I love want it. to happen. Do Thank a little you. more. Do a little no. more. We'll isolate <laughs> yeah. it. It's good. It's good. Um, I had uh, my favorite rando supporting character was Reginald Vell Johnson, a.k.a. Carl uh, Winslow. Hello. What are you talking about? This guy, honestly, if we'd have done a dead or alive, Carl Winslow, I would have said oh, dead. I, I would just have said dead. He, I feel he bad just didn't seem that. built for the long haul, you know, but he is in a project called Ghosts of Christmas Always, which, yes, yes, kill me with this title because it's so good. <laughs> uh, Catherine is a ghost of Christmas present and she's got to help one soul, Peter. Guess what? They're both hot, by the way. He's got to rediscover his Christmas <laughs> spirit. But this year, has something unusual in store. That is not a really good summary. I don't know what this is about, except there's hot ghosts and Carl Winslow. But you know what? I think I'm going to watch this. This aired last night. I'm going to catch up on the app that I keep paying for, so I might as well use it. All right, Jamie, what was your... Did you have a favorite title? Just like straight up title that you saw. Oh, straight up title. It is, of course, on November 25th, Black Friday, if you will, a royal corgi. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Come on, reluctant crown prince Edmund is going home. He's about yeah. to come the king, and then he gets a corgi named Mistletoe that is hard to handle. Listen. <laughs> the corgi is described as rambunctious. That's just in the text. After and several then- doggy disasters, comma, this look, this is the longest premise I've ever read. It has 14 chapters. It's like it the does. Moby Dick of movie premises. And then it's like Edmund turns to Cecily, a canine mm. behavior expert from America. Played Gross. by Hunter King, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> interesting. Um, and so just as the precious pup captures their hearts, they discover that love can grow in the most unexpected places, leading them to question what they really want. Look, I, I don't know what I like more here. I like, again, I'm just so fascinated with Hallmark being like, what is our base? It's white. Ladies loving freaking corgis because white ladies love freaking corgis. God, listen, there are two corgis in my neighborhood, my new neighborhood, and every time they walk by, I just like get glued to the window and I'm like, how do I become friends with their owner? Those corgis are so cute. So hey, look, my mom has corgis. She's had two. I just think it's genius. I love the the storyline that's like Prince Edmund is just, he's going to be named, named successor to the throne. Like, it's just like no big deal. Like, it's just like whatever. Yeah. And then what's he going to happen when he brings back home that American skank? I don't know. she's good with mistletoe. At least she's she's white, I guess, is in the subtext of this movie. (laughs) Woof. 
ridiculous. Okay, I ha- man, I had so many that I'm I'm gonna have a hard time picking, but I think I'm gonna go. Mm, Jamie, I think I'm gonna go three wise men and a baby. How that's dare you? clever. That's my about this movie. Okay, I will hold that and let you go into that. I'm going to say I like the Royal Nanny because Aaron, do you want to guess what the Royal Nanny's about? Just like uh, just off the cuff, no no judgment, no bad answers. It's a trick. I okay. bet it's I don't know what it's about, but it okay, feels like a trick. Okay, so it feels like somebody in the royal family needs some discipline. Okay. And yeah. it's like No, no, not in a no, like a kid Aaron, needs it. As your it. friend, oh. you did I no, no. say that. Okay, but like it's just that like there's a kid and maybe the mom died, the queen died. Wow. Okay. And okay. so the behavioral expert comes in yeah. and she's going to end up being the new queen. Nope, that's wrong. This is about what? MI5 agent who's undercover what? as a royal man. <laughs> you were ready. I, I love that there's a spy and she looks like a spy. They did a good job with that. She looks like a spy, but she's got to overcome the challenges of being a nanny and a spy. But she's also got to resist the charms of Prince Colin while keeping the family safe Prince at Christmas. Colin, Colin, because who's Colin? You know how much the royal family is trying to get assassinated. A, oh my God, is he a single dad who is for sure widowed? Because we do not have exes in Hallmark World. No, we do not. We do not have complicated <laughs> co-parenting. No that is not exes, here. No living exes. I'll tell you that. So, uh, okay, Jamie, hit me with that favorite premise. Oh, you know it's three wise men and a baby. Look. <laughs> You know I was excited because it is literally exactly what you think. It is three men and a baby, but at Christmas. Like, three Incredible. brothers get the surprise of their lives when they are forced to work together to care for. I like that it just says a baby. Yeah. No Serena baby. Who like... knows? Baby's not important. Baby's not important. Okay. And it's like, the love's as, important. I know. As they get uh, the hang of it, they find themselves on unexpected journeys of self-discovery and begin to rebuild their relationship as brothers, as well as the damaged Romantic and professional relationships in their respective lives, all while discovering the love of Christmas. Like, are you kidding me? I am freaking all over this. I love the fact that three broskies trying to uh, raise a rando baby have time to do all that other stuff in addition to raising the rando baby. And to be fair, I know that Paul Campbell, Tyler Hines, and Andrew Walker are probably fine actors, but I will say when I saw your pictures all together in the preview of this film, I just thought all of you have been uh catalog models like yeah. that's how you oh, ended yeah. up here like oh yeah like this uh, um uh it feels like everybody in hallmark movies who are not the celebrities uh it feels like they've been in the uh, uh like the stock photo like they're the top tier of the stock photo people you know what i mean right and they got turned down for the bachelor because yeah. they're too old for that's the right. bachelor that's and right so they were like well you're welcome to be on the hallmark channel i just think hallmark channel again i'm so impressed with you if you would just do stuff like uh jaws and a baby at christmas like home run home Thank run you. boom let's Thank go that um i had two uh and okay. i can't decide which one i like more i want you to help me decide okay uh the first one is in merry measure don't love the title to be honest with you i don't love the title <laughs> but this is uh when pop star darcy lol like there's a pop star named darcy are you kidding me right now <laughs> aaron already has gone through this with me personally about like how is this a pop star she doesn't even have a mascara a pop star Named one of the worst Babysitter's Club characters, I'm guessing, I don't know, returns home to spend Christmas with her sister and niece, and she unexpectedly finds herself coaching the high school choir with her one-time rival, Adam. I love that there's a love interest who is also her rival at choir. Thank you, God, for putting me in this world right now to be in this moment. 
I'm getting, can I, I don't mean to be gendered in this way, but how do you have a boy rival? No, you're asking choir? a fair question. You're asking a, you're, you're asking right? a very fair question, but uh, I don't know. I don't know. I've watched Glee a little bit. That's the extent of my experience <laughs> with, with choir. So Aaron, right. I don't know if you can chime in here, but it just feels like maybe he's just really competitive. Well, maybe it's just that like, maybe it was a space on show choir. Maybe yeah. it was during vocal like competition yep. and maybe he, or maybe she sings tenor. Okay, I had that same thought, Erin. Thank you. I had that same thought. I sang tenor occasionally. Okay. Not for competition. Okay, black. (laughs) See, maybe he's like the blue collar guy who worked his way up. You know, he was the manager and then he sang like bass. The the manager of what? I don't know, man. I'm just just trying to They need water. They need a manager. He's the homegrown guy. And here comes the pop star named Darcy. Never forget that. Never forget that. And she's here and she's trying to coach choir to state titles or whatever. I don't know. That's just incredible. The other one is inventing the Christmas Prince. Don't know what that means. Um, but this is Tamara Mowry, uh, Housley. So it's T and Tamara. It's like the other, one of the sisters, you know? Yeah. And uh, this is, let me just hit you with this first line. Okay. <clears throat> Shelby is about to quit her job as a rocket engineer. <laughs> I just I haven't seen another ZipRecruiter of rocket, like rocket engineer. I mean I know that's a real like like uh, genre I it was of industry. Scientists, why are they were like oh no we can't say rocket scientist that's yeah too, that's too obvious. Let's do better. Let's do engineer. Oh my gosh! But she's just she she's gonna quit when her daughter becomes convinced that her Scrooge like boss Evan is the Christmas Prince from a story Shelby invented years ago. I don't know who was on drugs when they wrote that, but I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna watch the <laughs> heck out of that. But should we be on drugs when we watch it? Maybe. I think that's probably the best way to do this. Yeah. Get Incredible. You Delta Eight, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. So there again, there we'll we'll have the the link to all of the movies in the uh, show notes. Yeah, if you want to pick and choose which ones you're going to tape. There's also uh, Amy Teagarden. Wait, did was you in... just say tape? Which one? Sorry. Gonna... <laughs> on your on your VHS, and then accidentally tape over with your kid's soccer game. Um, <laughs> I scrolled up and I saw that Amy Teagarden was in a movie that we did talk you. about, and I was frustrated with myself. You were Christmas sad. Cross reunion. You missed yeah. it. Uh, yeah, I just feel like I just want to say that we're not going to talk about it. We don't have time, but that's there. Um, okay, so those are some of the pearls we have. Jamie, do you want to talk about when you're watching a Hallmark movie to prepare listeners? Do you want to talk yes. about the kinds of people that they can expect to run into? Yes, there's four. The first, and we've kind of already hinted at it. It's every '90s and alt star you had forgotten about. But they still out here. They still try to get that beach house. But you're not going to get it on a $2 million budgeted movie. I'll tell you that right now. Terry Hatcher. This season alone. Terry Hatcher. Holly Robinson-Pete. Danica yep. McKellar. The most devastating to Aaron. Tom Everett Scott. Oh. Oh, that made me so sad. <laughs> that thing you do. It that just thing couldn't you pop do, for him. man. Uh, Marilyn Henner. Bo Bridges. And of course, the new and reigning queen of Hallmark movies, Lacey Charbet. She will be doing her most... Like, she will now be the record holder of the most Hallmark uh, movies of anyone. Now, people are like, what happened to Candace Cameron Bure? Yeah. Well, she, her contract was up with Hallmark, and she decided not to renew it. And she actually followed the CEO of Hallmark, who had left uh, for a variety of reasons, which you can Google, and you can find out why yeah, he left. Yeah, look, I, just to boil it down, I couldn't tell if he left because... <laughs> he was forced to run an ad for Zola, which had a gay couple in the background of it. Or if he was like, I want to do gay couples in commercials. And they were like, you can't do that. I no, I'll, I'll help you figure it Thank out. You. So he's now a great American family. Yeah. So uh, the great American, is it 
GAC? Yeah, GAC. And it's, so, it's almost got a complete bingo of white nationalists, but it's not there yet. <laughs> well, and Candace Camber Wright, when interviewed, this is an actual quote from an interview. She said, the great American family content will be much more forward in the faith and include a lot of patriotic content. Okay. Okay. That's what <laughs> we want. I know that you, I'm going to listen. Danica McKellar is now my Christian avatar for celebrities. Yeah. So Can Christmas at the Capitol when you're storming the political <laughs> institutions. <laughs> okay. So you'll meet them. Second, you're going to meet people who willingly live in a town with a weirdly dumb name. <laughs> listen, they work hard to make up these names. And also writers, some writers who have written uh, Hallmark movies, they have come back and talked about like, here are some requirements that we have. One of the requirements is it has to have snow in it. Mm-hmm. The Hallmark movie, you can't prevent them f- from it snowing on them. Yeah. You can't make a snow a part of it. has to snow organically. Always snow. So there is no, there are none, uh, there are no Hallmark uh, Christmas movies in Miami. Okay. Yeah. Unless it snows in Miami. Like that's that right. would be the premise of it, right? And we got so, 14 days and no budget. The snow has to happen by God, you know? That's right. So people who, these are, I would like you to guess which of these towns is not in a Hallmark movie. Okay. You ready? Garland, Alaska. Okay, definitely. Ho- Hollyvale, North Dakota. Definitely. Plum Pudding, Ohio. 100% definitely. Paris, Texas. Okay, this is tricky because Paris, Texas is obviously no, but <laughs> but I feel like a it's a dumb yes. name. But it's also a dumb name for a town, right? Because it's Paris. Because I can see a big city corporate executive being like, I want to go back to Paris. The real Paris, you know, of no, my heart. No, so it is not. The, the, up until now. We're not saying forever. Paris, sure. Texas is not a Hallmark town. Yet. So the third type of person you're going to meet in a Hallmark movie is someone trying to navigate family trauma. Now, mm. not too serious a family drama, right? So it's a tragic, vague death. Yes. It happened 25 years ago on <laughs> December 25th. But we, but like she died. She loved us. We knew she loved us. Like there's yeah. never like we were sad about it. It's just we're sad she's not here this right. year. To eat the figgy pudding. And then yeah. it could be a failing family business. Maybe the deli doesn't sell right. as much as many bagels and locks as they hoped. And now they want you to come into the family business and help. And maybe you're the young kid. You're Jeremy Jordan coming off yeah. of Broadway and you're helping to modernize the deli life. We don't pull stickers from little loops anymore. We have no. like an app or whatever. You're the only we, Jewish deli in North Dakota. It's tricky. You got to get competitive, you know? That's right. It's competitive in Hollyvale. Or maybe the family trauma is finding out that your uncle at age 39 is colorblind. You're like, this is <laughs> Again, I don't want to belabor the point, but the fact that he was like, all my life, I didn't know that everyone saw colors and I saw gray. They're red and green lights. We call them that. You but know now- that the- <laughs> Gosh. Okay. And the final person that you're going to meet at a Hallmark movie, and this is a guarantee, is you are going to meet a workaholic woman, but mm-hmm. big city career girl named Jessica. That's mm-hmm. just what it is. You mm-hmm. were born in the mid eighties. That's your name. She goes to a smaller town, probably called Rudolph, Wisconsin. Love it. Fake or real? Fake or real? Real. Nah. Real. It is real. Mm-hmm. Now, Jessica goes to home for the holidays to be reminded that when she slows down, she can find what really matters, which God, is not a fulfilling so work life, but a guy who wears a puffer vest yeah. and a scarf his grandmother knit for him before she died vaguely yeah. on Christmas Eve Eve. Right? Listen, I just want to address the puffer vest. I got a lot of uh, mentions that Jamie was being uh, subtweeting me. Listen, um, it's not my fault that I was in a restaurant and 79% of the men were all wearing the set. And they were like four of the guys had the same gingham blue and white shirt on under the puffer vest. Hey, 
guess what? Not all puffer vests are the same. Not all vests are the same. I don't wear puffer vests. I wear vests like a big boy. Okay. (laughs) I don't wear it like Michael J. Fox. So I'm not, I didn't feel criticized by you because I don't do that. I don't wear the puffer vests. You wear classy stuff. Don't do that. Don't do that. Like you didn't mean it. And now you're trying to no, retroactively. Didn't. Listen, I will yourself. say, look, okay. The woman that you're going to meet in this Hallmark movie, she is going to reference either a big case. Yep. B big project. Yep. C big promotion that will keep her from big doing. promotion. <laughs> and her fate. My favorite is when she's an entrepreneur, but she's mm-hmm. not good at it. Cause like yep. her bakery has no customers. Her cat <laughs> shop is being pushed out by PetSmart. <laughs> Her bookstore is being foreclosed upon by Elon Musk on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, but Unless no you're doing events in the book space, you're not going to be successful as an indie bookstore. I don't. I'm, I'm sorry to tell it, you that. It's but that's tough. It's a tough sell. But Santa's real, and he interferes in this woman's life and brings her all the joy with a guy wearing Levi's. Yeah. Again. So. And she's not really that surprised, and I, I love that. And to your point about the. I don't know if it's like C list, D list, E list, F list stars. It's somewhere in that in that vein. Yeah. In, in Greek mythology, sometimes you'll get like a hero who has to take a journey and go to the underworld, and he has to visit like all the old dudes. Like, oh snap, that's Achilles. I forgot about him. He was cool oh, yeah. like two hundred years ago. That's what Hallmark movies are. It's like, oh snap, that's Lois from Lois and Clark, and now yeah. she's here. Uh, or that's Gretchen Wieners. Oh man, like oh, it's man. fun. It's like the underworld of like stars. No, I in like Hallmark it. It's movies. kind of a fun like figure out who this is. Yeah, it's really good. This episode is brought to you by Pear Eyewear. I just love a reason to celebrate a niche pop culture themed holiday, don't you? Whether it's April twenty fifth, known as the perfect date, when all you need is a light jacket. If you know, you know. Or better yet, May the fourth. I'll gladly go all in. I was trying to think of a fun way to decorate our two dusty in honor of this most holy day of the year. And then I found out that Pear Eyewear just launched a Star Wars theme collection. Now I think I might have to celebrate by getting some new top frames for me instead, because the force is just that strong in their newly launched Star Wars collection. You guys, I'm not even joking. These frames are so adorable. And when I saw that they had a Grogu gradient, I could not contain my excitement. They have 21 unique designs that are all perfectly niche in the most delightful way. Their interpretations of familiar Star Wars icons are like fun Easter eggs that you can easily snap onto your favorite glasses whenever you're in the mood for a change. I love that their frames are so affordable at just $25 and that changing them is so easy. Hearing that little snap when you change out your frames, so satisfying. From legendary battles to formidable icons, these epic designs are for true fans. And whether you side with the Rebels, the Dark Side, or the Mandalorian, Pair Eyewear has got you covered. One pair, infinite possibilities. Go to PairEyewear.com and use code POP for 15% off your first pair and support the show by mentioning that the podcast sent you in your post-checkout survey. That's P-A-I-R-Eyewear.com, code POP. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com 
I think uh, we thought it'd be a good idea to help our listeners. You, you might be hearing a lot about these homework movies. You might be watching them and might be thinking, I kind of wish I could make my own. Well, we're going to hand you the playbook to do that. We're going to allow you to Mad Libs, a Hallmark movie. Did you ever do Mad Libs as a kid? I was never oh my gosh, into are Mad you Libs. Kidding? I, when I wasn't doing Mad Libs, I was doing uh, MASH. Like I was just MASH, Mad Libs, MASH, Mad Libs. See, this is, I, I did do MASH, but this fun story about me. I Not fun, just fun fact. I didn't, I didn't do Mad Libs. Because I was like, I make my own stories, okay? But my own stories all revolved around Bart Simpson, but he wasn't called Bart Simpson. I could just draw him. So it was was somebody who looked like Bart Simpson, but was not Bart Simpson. So it was like Bart's cousin from another, like from Rudolph, Wisconsin. Like Fart Jensen, and he got into stuff. And I would give this to my neighbor's uh, parents for their birthdays. You would write these yeah, I think I'm the reason self-publishing has no respect is because of stuff like that. So that's my bad. But um, but we wanted to do this. So uh, we're going to put this in the show notes. Uh, Andy's working on a, a Mad Libs kind of grid um, for you guys to be able to follow what we're about to talk about. But we're going to build our own. Uh, we kind of broke these into categories, different details that you can expect to find. Um, so we'll go through this, and Aaron's going to uh, chip in and help us out. Um, and, and Jamie, you and I are going to do this. So yes. uh, first thing you need to do, like Jamie mentioned, you need two celebrities who haven't been relevant in at least seven years. Okay. Okay. At okay. least seven years. So I'm going to pick the two celebrities. Uh, it's going to be, I'm going to pick the person who played Kimmy Gibbler. I think it's Andrea Barber, but I'm going to yes. call her Kimmy Gibbler. Uh, okay. She's playing Larkin. Okay. Larkin. And then that's Larkin, that's her name. Okay. And then uh, Chad Michael Murray. He is playing the character Beckett. Okay. Both of these people qualify. They haven't been relevant in seven years. So they will be the two primary characters in our story. Okay. Now, Larkin and Beckett. We have to choose one of these qualities to describe Larkin. So, Aaron, would you like to describe uh, a quality to describe Larkin? I'm going to choose misunderstood. Misunderstood. Okay, so <laughs> yes. Larkin is misunderstood. Okay, now, Jamie, I need you to pick a job for her. And again, we're going to have this for you guys. There's a list of words that you can choose from. We're going to uh, expedite it and not go through each one. But, Jamie, what's what's a job for Larkin? Well, I do want, for the record, that on your list of jobs that you've given me, you've uh-huh. included magazine editor, as if right. magazines are still a thing. Yep. And then uh, veteran. We can't uh-huh. talk about war. There is one. There's movie. one. There's a former, uh, there's a veteran, a former military member who is, like, doing something with cookies yeah, and, like, Christmas. Yeah, but it's very vague. It's very vague, right? That's right. That's right. Um, but listen, I, I think a classic Christmas job for a misunderstood Larkin is figurine maker. Figurine maker. That is a big deal, oh, especially at Christmas. <laughs> that's a really good uh, a call. Uh, so Larkin, the misunderstood figurine maker, um, we have to pick a friend for her because this woman always has one friend, um, only one friend, even though don't, we're not supposed to see that as a, a red flag. Don't say she's black. Well, it, it is. It's only one black friend <laughs> because we got to sneak in a black person into the story and we need to make her a friend to show that she's diverse, but she's only got one friend and that's not a big deal. Uh, I was going to put, you can pick a black woman, a gay black man or a gay black woman, but I don't think those last two are actual options this year. Maybe next year. Maybe next year we'll get there. It's too soon. It's too soon. I guess too soon for the Hallmark channel. Um, Um, Aaron, I need this, um, I need Larkin to have a flaw that isn't really a flaw. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think I think she uh, she works too hard being a figurine maker. Okay. Okay. So Larkin is a misunderstood figurine maker with one black friend, and she works too hard. Okay. Yeah. And I, I think that's real. Now, Jamie, Larkin also- just figurines. Calm down. <laughs> no, it's so- and She's providing a service, Jamie. There's an excruciating oh, okay. amount of detail that goes into it, Jamie. You wouldn't understand. Oh, okay. That's why she's misunderstood. Okay. <laughs> 
Now, Larkin needs to have a quirky habit that will eventually bring her and her love interest, so we're going to talk about it in a minute, together. Oh, like our meet cute. That's exactly right. Okay. What Do you have like any idea what a quirky habit like this could be? Okay, so she obviously would belong to a private internet group. That discusses all top secret. Very and reasonable. That's cool. That's, that's a very reasonable so and normal so thing for people weird. to do. I, exactly I agree with right. you. I think that's great. Um, Aaron, Larkin needs to have the aforementioned meet cute with an eventual love interest. Can you tell me about this meet cute? You don't have to get super specific. Usually it revolves around the woman falling or tripping or spilling something or she's just clumsy. Women are clumsy. We no, know that. Establish no, right. that. No, for that's the just audio, science, right? All these things happen to Aaron all the time. <laughs> that is true. I, that's true. Aaron, I'm gonna choose some people as- are talking and saying that maybe you tripped or fell this weekend. Care to comment on that? I did. I did. I did uh, accidentally do the splits on a uh, random axle that was left in who our hallway. In the, who in the moon house is taking wheels off of coolers? Guys. Someone who wants to hurt me because wow. I straight up did the splits in my house Savage. today. Savage, yeah. man. Um, okay, I'm gonna choose that she she fell and became lost after her car wouldn't start. Okay, this is something women do all the time, so I feel <laughs> yeah. like that's very reasonable. <laughs> according I think I to have Hallmark actually movies. done all of those things in one weekend. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, uh, so uh, Larkin, the misunderstood figurine maker, with one black friend who uh, works too hard and likes to talk about autopsy photos on a private internet group. Right, has, which is normal. It's very normal. Don't shame that. She's fallen yeah. and she's become lost. She fell so far that she became lost after her car wouldn't start. Um, this leads to a meet cute with her potential love interest. Uh-huh. Um, and and I'm, I'll choose who engineers the meet cute. This can either be a lovable child, a lovable old person, a lovable animal, or a lovable old animal. I'm going to pick a lovable old animal. I'm going to pick a Komodo dragon um, named... <laughs> Vesper LaFontaine the third. Okay. On the Hallmark channel. Yep. Vesper LaFontaine the third. That's the, they're they're gonna think that's diversity. They're gonna be like, that's a Komodo oh, dragon with kind of diverse an name. That's, we got that's not a white guy. We have a black a, a friend in a and an animal with a diverse name. We are killing the game right now. Okay, so we're getting to the love interest, Jamie. Can you pick one quality of this love interest? Oh, this is easy. It has to be a formal rival. Okay. Because I like the idea that there's that that uh Beckett used to make figurines. Yes. But she smoked him yeah. so aggressively in the market. At the county he, challenge. Yeah. yeah the county now like, he sculpts butter. Tournament. He sculpts butter. That's what he does. <laughs> and so I like the idea that she sees him and she's like feels bad. Yeah. Because she, she works too hard. And because she's weirdly lost. And that shows how stupid she is. It is. Because yeah. how big could this town be? And then she's having to admit how stupid she is, even though she dominated him. In and the you market. know what? Weirdly, on the fly here, we could tell Larkin actually really thought he was great at figuring making, but because she won, oh, she yeah. felt bad for like crushing his dream. You know, right. but she had to crush his dreams. She, she has did. To, she had to win. She's she a competitor. She's not good at anything else, like walking or driving. But <laughs> she, she is get, good at this. Does she get lost because she has amnesia? Ooh. What? No. Is that why you? Is that how you're trying to explain all your? <laughs> I'm just saying it could be a possibility. Like maybe all these things are happening to her. Maybe she's misunderstood because of but the how, amnesia. No wrong answers. But, but no wrong answers. But in the meet cute, how does it have a meet cute? Because she's not going to remember who he is, but he knows who she is. No, her short term is great. Her long term is bad. <laughs> Let me throw this at you guys. What about this? What if she has aphasia, 
but she recognizes oh. the Komodo dragon named uh, Vesper like LaFontaine III. Oh, I like that. that. I like exactly. that. I want to be sensitive to that. I don't know if that's insensitive to that, but she's like, I don't know this guy, but I remember Vesper LaFontaine III. No, it's that good. Komodo We're helping people awesome. know. Guys, there are people out there in the world who have face blindness and yeah. they don't recognize. So we all overdid it at our staff retreat. We were like, hi, Indy, it's Jamie. <laughs> I told her. She walked into the auditorium and I was like, it's Aaron from work. Hi, it's Aaron, me, you know, your friend at work. Like, hi, context. I knew it would be you. You said you would meet me on the street to let me in the building and i was no, like okay but you know what on a network that's like hey i'm 39 and i just learned i'm colorblind like i feel like that's that's not unfair <laughs> that's to true do. that's not a fair no. okay so we need a cozy town name uh and you mentioned these town names are kind of stupid uh so i'm gonna I'll, I'll pick that uh i always make it with vermont because i feel like vermont feels oh. like i don't know what like, vermont is but I feel no. like it's always Christmas and snowing there. Or what they have there or what you do there, but you know there's snow. Yeah. That's exactly right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go gingerbread townville. Gingerbread townville, <laughs> Vermont. Okay. Why in the cozy town the of Bill? <laughs> Because Bill they, they felt self conscious back in the, the after the Civil War and they were like, We need to like be like robust in our township. So they add the Ville just like intimidate. Got it, got it, got it, got it. Okay, so uh the climax of the story, as every homework movie, has to take place at a yearly Christmas event. Um so it's gonna be the town something that has to be Christmas word. So Aaron, would you like to choose a Christmas word to go with the town? Drummer boy. Okay, so this is the town, drummer boy, and then Jamie, you need to pick some kind of word that uh, means like some kind of event or competition or gathering. Okay, so your selections, can I just really quickly go through them? You gave me orphan, fight, race, Uh needy, Uh homeless, bake-off. Decoration or challenge. And so All good you know options, I'm, gonna, I'm hearing. Oh, well, you know I'm going to pick homeless in Vermont. Let's go. Okay, so this is the town drummer boy homeless. So, you know, it doesn't roll off the tongue, but we're still going to go for it. I, in What's my, the homeless thing? Is it a, it needs to be, there needs to be a word after homeless. Homeless bake off. What about that? We make no, the homeless people bake, bake off. Oh, I thought no, you we baked bake the for them. No, yeah. we bake. We I'm not saying, okay, do it no wrong answers. You're giving I me a judgment. Like you're making the homeless compete at no. baking. Aaron's giving, you're both giving me a judgy tone. I said no bad answers. <laughs> what if it was they compete and whoever the best baker is, they get to have a home. And then if they're not, All then. All the people who lose don't get a home. <laughs> I hate this town. It sucks. <laughs> this town should be a, like Townville. They're okay, horrible. but I, I also like the Bake Off for the homeless. I think that's probably a better idea. Yeah, so the town better. drummer like boy, Bake Off for the homeless. Okay, right. that's that's good. That just 2030 rolls off the top. <laughs> okay, so uh, in summary, our Mad Libs is in the town of Gingerbread Townville, Larkin, played by Kimmy Gibbler, a misunderstood figurine maker, works too hard. After getting lost because she wrecked her car and rolled down a hill um, <laughs> because of, what was the me cute engineer? Oh, because of the, Vesper LaFontaine the third. <laughs> She becomes interested in Beckett, um, only to realize that he was her former rival as a figurine maker. That's why she doesn't recognize him because of the aphasia. That's exactly right, because she has so aphasia. Great. Because oh, of I the aphasia, it. he's her former rival and she doesn't recognize yes. him. It's out of context. She doesn't expect to run into him in the gingerbread townville the, like desert. No, that's exactly yeah. right. But Jamie, at the town drummer boy, homeless bake off to see who's not gonna be homeless anymore, maybe. <laughs> no. <laughs> Okay, 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 okay. Larkin's one black friend tells her that Beckett shares Larkin's love for autopsy photos and hijinks ensue. <laughs> that would be a wonderful way to meet. Someone. I would watch this. Like, would I would watch, watch this movie. I would watch this. 
I think it'd be really se- good. This sounds too sexy, though. This sounds PG-13. I don't know. I feel like the autopsy photos really, like, tamp the sexiness down. Really push it yeah, down. Yeah, I don't think Hallmark really lets you talk about autopsy photos. No, but Komodo Dragon, Vesper, LaFontaine third would. For sure, He would 100%. definitely would. Yes. All right, so uh, let's wrap this up, and let's talk about some movie pitches for Hallmark that I think okay. if they could hear, they would buy immediately and partner with us. I wanted to build a movie around people being scared of birds or being suspicious of birds. Birds Just to honor you, but I yes, couldn't really get you. there. Maybe next year. So- Polly is a big city content creator who loves her independent lifestyle. In fact, when wanting to become a mother, she uses a sperm bank to conceive a child. Now, eight months pregnant, she travels to the most famous Christmas tree farm in the country to bank content for the feed. But her plans are thrown for a loop when she suddenly goes into labor after going for a hike up the mountain to get better angles for her pictures and videos. Luckily for her, though, Travis, an aspiring doula, is on that same mountain having an existential crisis. Even though Travis is great at labor and delivery, he's terrible at branding and social media and he suspects this the reason his doula business can't get any traction uh and just for the dramatic tension travis's business can't get off the ground because his doula business is called the womb raider and people don't <laughs> like that so <laughs> why do you not have a book it's deal right now really stupid it's you really it. stupid <laughs> and we actually uh, have a snippet of dialogue from this scene uh, this will be played by uh aaron and ben moon which we're so thankful uh, for their dramatic talents oh, here. So good. This is this is a scene where Polly and Travis meet while Polly is in labor. Oh, hallelujah. Thank God you're here. I need help. I think I'm going into labor. Lady, what are you doing all the way up here? I was trying to get a better angle of the Christmas tree farm because I'm an influencer and then my water broke. Oh, well, this must be a Christmas miracle because I just happen to be an aspiring doula. Wait, wait. Wait, what do you mean, aspiring? Uh, my business just isn't going anywhere. In fact, that's why I was on this mountain just now. I was hoping the Christmas trees would give me some answers. You know, for me, Christmas has always been a time of... Ha! Okay, hold on. Why isn't your doula business working exactly? Can you please tell me that you are not, like, a, an officially registered perv? No, I'm just your average, very typical male doula. But are you, like, getting any consistent negative feedback about something? I mean, according to some Yelp reviews, people don't like that my business is called the Womb Raider. I gotta get off this mountain now! All right, last one. This is I think this is the one that works. This, like, okay. works seamlessly. No notes. You can just produce this no immediately. Notes. Okay. You can take this right to North Dakota and film this, okay? Uh, <clears throat> Uh, Tessa is a world-famous chef and cookbook author who books a cabin on the outskirts of a national park so she can write her next cookbook about gourmet grilled meats, specifically tenderloins. While experiencing writer's block, she goes on a walk where she meets Timothy, park ranger, who is desperately trying to find a missing dog. Together, they will join forces to see if they can find the dog using one of her new recipes. But along the way, will she also find the recipe for love in this Christmas classic, The Loin Ranger? And we actually have a snippet of dialogue from a scene in this movie performed by our wonderful and talented Terrence, who'll be playing the part of the park ranger, Timothy. Tessa, I know we just met. And I know you are a world-famous tenderloin chef and super successful author, while I'm just a simple park ranger who, granted, is incredibly sexy. So much so that I probably should have become a model or weatherman. (laughs) But Tessa... Even though we still haven't found Waffles, the elderly service pug of our mutual friend Roscoe, the quirky military veteran who loves bird watching and setting up meat cutes for hot singles, I realized 
that I have found something else. You. I've spent my whole life searching this park for missing people and missing dogs, and most of the time, not to be a downer, we don't find them. And even though I wasn't looking for you, now that I've found you, I can't stop thinking of the possibility of us and dreaming of a life where instead of all this, I'm the ranger of your park and taster of your loins. Tessa, let me taste them loins, girl. Let me taste them. Um, okay. Well, that's our, that's our conversation on Hallmark movies. I feel like, I feel like we nailed it. I feel like we covered it really well. I think we did. So uh, we want to hear your Mad Libs. We're going to post that in stories this week on Instagram. We want to find out what your stories you create for Hallmark. Obviously, we will get 10% of any movie that is picked up by Hallmark from these activities. Obviously, trademark, trademark, trademark. (laughs) And so uh, I'm excited to see what people come up with. I think it'll be great. And if you have thoughts and opinions on our thoughts and opinions, please let us know. Nightshow.com slash 478. All right, Jamie, you want to do some lights? (gasps) Let's do some lights. All right, what is your red light this week? My red light this week, okay, I don't know if you know, but the Water Truthers uh, came out this week because Mm. we talked about Stanley Cups in last week's Mm. episode. And they were like, water's good. This is not a bad thing. My water tower keeps me hydrated. Yeah, Well, but here's what I'm excited about. To red light all you Water Truthers because NPR put out a report about the myths of hydration and here was myth number one. The idea that caffeine is a diuretic that makes you pee and therefore caffeinated drinks like coffee and tea don't hydrate your body is based on the findings of a study from 1928 that looked at how many people? Three. Three. What? Three. Not only is that sample incredibly small, but the finding has not held up to more recent experiments. So the myth is busted. You can drink caffeine. My, listen, my, uh, my nutritionist had told me that years ago that – Caffeine counts as water. Like anything with caffeine, it doesn't not count. You don't have to drink just straight H two out of your H two O out of your Stanley Cup. Sure. So as a reminder, you're not a better person if you wake up early, you make your bed, or you drink eight glasses of water a day. Drink that sure. coffee and be as hydrated as all those Jessicas and Ashleys. You can do it. You can do it. I think I just thought it was like sixty forty hydration. With like caffeinated drinks, like coffee was like, yeah, it's like a little bit of a diuretic or whatever, but it's also hydrating you a little no, bit. No, that's big water. That's Dasani. That's big freaking big water doing. and big freaking Stanley. That's what that is. That's this exactly will be free. Right. Be free. Okay. What's your red light? Uh, my red light. It's so, uh, you know, we're recording this on the day of Halloween, uh, which is a Monday, yes. which is disgusting. It's just so ridiculous that we live in a world and a society and a time that tolerates having Monday be the day for Halloween. I just feel like this clearly, it needs to be a static Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Maybe you could talk me into Sunday, but it needs to be on the weekend. I don't understand why we're doing this thing where like Tuesday night could be a Halloween. That's disrespectful. If we can make um, thir- Thanksgiving be like whatever Thursday in November, we can also do that for Halloween. So I just you think, think it's because it messes up All Saints Day. Like uh, that's on the first. Why I literally couldn't care less, Jamie. All I know <laughs> is that I'm trying to deal with homework and candy and trick-or-treating. And that's just, that's too much for me. It's I'm not stressful. doing I'm that. I'm dealing with recording and trick-or-treaters. I'm very stressed about it. Preposterous. I also want a red light. This is a, a mini red light. I want to, so uh, Jamie and Christiana and I try to get together for like a little business meeting once a month. And I don't know, a good nine minutes was taken up by from Christiana and I listening to Jamie be hit on 
by a by a delivery man. Um, I don't know what company he he worked for, but um, it was it was it felt so awkward for it you awkward. because was. your volume hit a point where you were not even sitting in front of your computer and microphone. But Christiana and I couldn't speak to each other because you were being so loud in rebutting his advances. <laughs> I so I just want to care to comment he was standing what's so going on close there. to me. Well, he was like, you're a happy person. You happy all the time. <laughs> and I was like, so, pretty much. You're bringing me my chairs. This is very <laughs> exciting. And he was like, and he just kept standing close to me mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and being like, you teacher, you, you, you teacher. It's wow. literally school time. Why would I be a teacher? I would be at school. He was like, I love anybody nice. who is like, instead of asking you a question and say, what do you do for a living? I'm going to start guessing s- with specificity. <laughs> and by the do. way, I always get asked, like, I don't, I, I'm honored to have teacher vibes. Sure. And so I like that, but like, I'm, but, but if you know me and many of you do, you know that I'm the opposite of a teacher. Mm. Like, I am not a good, I mean, God, not to as a reminder, children. the one time Jane was in charge of children at a VBS, you lost one. Is that, is I that did. right? No, he ran away. Right, right. Victim blaming. <laughs> got it. Got it. Totally. Right, totally. That's right. <laughs> so yeah. So just uh, red light to listen to your coworker be hit on uh, off camera during a business meeting. It's it was just very cool. comfortable, but he is taking me out Friday night, so we'll see how it goes. Well, see, and then Christiana and I start talking about it, like while yeah. it was going on, and right. then I was like, "Wait, are we?" Are we odd? Like, can she hear us? Can they no, hear us not. as we're talking? And then I started to feel self-conscious, but then I started to feel emboldened. Like I should say stuff like uh, to get her out of the situation. But then I didn't know the nature of it. I didn't know if you liked like the, the, the commentary that was going on. No. And then I eventually lied and was like, Oh, my husband will help me move these other chairs. Like, oh, wow. I yeah. love it. I, I love know. it. So I was so uncomfortable. You're like, I'm in an open relationship and I actually have like three husbands. So they will, (laughs) one of them will move it. It'll be great. Would you like to be number four? (laughs) Like, but you can't live here. This is my house. Incredible. Uh, Okay. What's your green light this week? Okay. I have two. The first is documentary. I actually saw it at Sundance. It's finally come out on Netflix. It's called Descendant. So Margaret Brown, who is a documentary filmmaker, she returns to her hometown of Mobile, Alabama, and she is documenting the search for and discovery of uh, the Clotilda. Now, the Clotilda is the last known ship to arrive in the U.S. illegally carrying enslaved Africans. And uh, famously, the ship was built and financed by a Mobile, Alabama resident, Timothy Meacher, in the 1850s. And... uh, uh, that that type of slave trade had already been de- deemed illegal in America and was punishable by death. So he burned and sank the ship to cover up his crime. And then mm. there has been this debate for hun- a hun- over 100 years of like, was that even real or not? And a lot of, I don't know if you're familiar with how white people are like, what? That didn't happen. <laughs> and so uh, this great town rose up that were all descendants of people that came from that ship. And uh, this documentary is so stunning. And I'm very obviously tender towards it because it's about Alabama. But it's so stunning. It's so inspiring to see. It's just a, And it's a fascinating historical look at something that was obviously very tragic in our history. So it's very good. And then the second thing is the bastard son and the devil himself. This is a YA series on Netflix that came out this month. And y'all, I freaking love it so much. What happened was a reviewer that I really like was like, why is no one talking about the show? And I was like, okay, well, let me go check it out. And I don't normally like YA, although I would say this is much more A than Y because Mm. there is a 
drugs and very gory violence. And there's a love story that maybe has sussy times in it. Anyway, it follows Nathan, who is a 16-year-old whose father is the most hated and feared blood witch in the whole of the Fairborn witch community. Uh, Nathan's mother was Fairborn. So people don't know, because when you turn 17, you either, you discover if you are Fairborn or blood witch. And uh, he's turning 17 and discovering that, uh-oh, he uh, may be a blood witch and it may not be positive. And the community wants to, you know, get rid of blood witches everywhere. It's actually, the dialogue is fantastic. It's so well made. Even even though I have come to not enjoy 4K TV, is this mm. where I reveal that? Really? It's weird. I don't like, maybe I need to change my frame rate or something, but it always feels like someone has filmed it on their iPhone. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, it might be a frame rate issue, or you might have like upgraded too fast, too too furious. Right. I went because I I literally went from 780 to 4K, and I'm like, why is everything so detailed? Bringing a a, a caveman into modern times, you just got to go slower than that. Yeah, that's right. But if you like fantasy, it's it's I I'm gonna say it's one of the best series because the chemistry between the witch and then the fairborn, like this boy and the girl is so like from the moment they meet you're just like oh my god you're so cute so if you're like i want hallmark but more violence and more sexy time then i have the show for you so now that's on netflix what was the descendant on did you say netflix too i know now, both netflix okay now both netflix yeah because the bastard son of the devil himself that's a uh, hundred and ninety eight percent on rotten tomatoes right now oh so. my gosh well yeah. i believe it because it's real everybody's doing a great job and everybody's british and i freaking love it when people are british of course immediately i was like turn on those turn on those closed captioning i do not know what you're saying so. <laughs> yeah i see some well, one of the guy who uh cole mccarthy who's directed most of the episodes uh, he did some black mirror stuff which oh, black mirror is a green light as well okay. so yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, i'm gonna i'm definitely gonna check that out uh so uh i've got a baby green light for corinna from san diego uh, a listener supporter she sent us jelly beans from jelly belly and they are delicious. I think we were making fun of candy corn. So she sent us uh, candy corn flavored jelly beans. And they still taste like trash. Um, but all the other jelly beans are delicious, Corinna. So thank you so much. That was so kind and thoughtful. Uh, but my proper green light is, uh, it's also a documentary. It's uh, The Redeem Team uh, on Netflix as well. So Netflix heavy green light section here. Um, but this is a behind the scenes documentary about USA Basketball and their attempt to return to greatness uh, and redeem the failures of previous Olympic teams, um, all centered around the 2008 Olympics in uh, Beijing. It's really told through the prism of LeBron James and Kobe Bryant and their individual statuses at this point, yeah. but also their relationship together. The documentary does like, it's, it's just, it's not episodic. It's just like one, maybe like an hour and a half, um, but it really looks at player relationships, team dynamics, the dramatic context of the 2008 Olympics, which was somewhat of a turning point for not just the NBA, but for Olympic basketball. You know, Kobe Bryant, obviously, after his tragic passing, you know, he's he was a complicated person, but this is a really great look at, like, his effect on the younger generation of players um, and how he influenced them. And I think if you like basketball at all or just like the drama of uh, international competition, you will absolutely love this documentary. My son and I watched it. We absolutely loved it. Um, so I highly recommend it. Okay, um, okay that's going to do it for this episode of the podcast. And for you remember, anytime you do any shopping on Amazon, make sure you go to amazon.com slash shop slash the podcast first. So you purchase your affiliate link. Your favorite item to purchase using that link this week was, I don't know what it is because I forgot to do this. So Jamie actually did this. So Jamie, what is it? No, it's a blow up mattress. Now, mm. here's what's great about 
about this. Because obviously a blow-up mattress is nice to have as we're going into the holidays because you might have family coming to visit and they need somewhere to sleep um, because they're too cheap to stay in a hotel. And so this mattress, I want you to picture it with me, listener. It has a brown top. So the top of the mattress is brown and the sides are white. Okay, that's important because this review from Adam, he wrote, bed should look like beds. And the review said, I ordered this when I was drunk because I thought it was a giant ice cream sandwich. It's not. It's a bed. It is not the $150 ice cream sandwich that I wanted. What? 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 <laughs> One star from Adam. All right, you guys. Don't forget, we are hiring a new position. You have until 5 p.m. Central on Friday, November 4th to apply. Go to knoxandjamie.com slash jobs. And also, we have a survey. We would love to get to over 5,000 respondents to our listener survey. So go to knoxandjamie.com slash 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 survey. <laughs> See, we need a help with our yeah. communication. Oh, at, and you can find me on... Sorry. It's also my birthday this week. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at JBC Golden. I'm Knox McCoy. You can find me on socials at Knox McCoy. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye.